BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome into Stacking the Box podcast with Sterling Holmes and Ian McMillan. I am Sterling Holmes. Ian, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing well. I have nothing else to add to that. I'm <laughs> looking forward very much to the NFL season. We we have officially hit the dog days of summer. Uh, now that the NHL is over, the NBA is over, even the College World Series is over. Uh, three of the four golf majors are over. We're, this is the official start of the dog days of summer, which is the official start of me greatly missing football. So I'm excited to talk some NFL, obviously a couple months away from it actually happening, but I'm excited to at least talk about the NFL with you today, Sterling. Uh, and also the Royals season ended in early May. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> it's been, a, uh, it's been a, a long, boring stretch. I think the, what, Johnsonville Johnson cornhole tournament reruns on SEC network. Those might still be on. So we at least have that going for us. But yes, I'm very, very excited to talk NFL with you, Ian. You were gone last week. I've missed your face. I missed your Falcons homerisms. So I can't wait to see how you can fit Desmond Ritter into as many possible questions this entire show. So I'm very excited for that. Um, before we get going into some fun topics, including which coaches are on the hot seat, breakout candidates for 2023, I want to talk about the Bills extending Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean through 2027. Is that a good call? I was a little bit surprised by it, to be honest. Um, I don't feel like Sean McDermott has necessarily delivered with the teams that he has in front of him. Uh, obviously, they've had great regular seasons. Not much for postseason success. So I thought this is going to be kind of a, you know, a do or die season for him in a sense. If the, I mean, if the Bills go out and have another good season and one and done in the playoffs again, then that's going to be a bad look on McDermott. But now you have, have him signed through all the way to 2027. Like that's a long time. That's another, what, four seasons? I don't, I, I don't know, Sterling, if Sean McDermott's a good head coach. I haven't determined that yet. I guess the Bills could certainly be worse. They could be bad in the regular season, but it just doesn't seem like he has that extra oomph that you like to see from other head coaches. Uh, He's made some mistakes in the playoffs. He hasn't been able to win close games in the postseason. Um, In the regular season, every few times each regular season, they, they lose to a bad team every now and then, which is, you know, never a good sign. So I was surprised by this a little bit. I think you could do a lot worse for a head coach, but at the end of the day, he might be what's holding them back from finally winning the Super Bowl. Before I just crush you really quickly, what <laughs> in the alfalfa is going on right here? My my hair, wow. just had, that's impressive. Just one hair sticking straight up. That is a true alfalfa. Yeah, it's the electricity coming from your horrible comment. Uh, I'm a Chiefs guy. We all know this. There's a little bit of, of a rivalry between Chiefs fans and the Bills fans, right? I get all that. Sean McDermott is a good head coach. He's a really good head coach. I think it's a great move for the Bills. McDermott is 62 and 35. He's four and five in the postseason. What more do you want? I understand you want this playoff success, but the AFC has been an absolute grind. I mean, it's been a grind. It's been the the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs at the top. They're not the Chiefs. I love Josh Allen. I love the Bills team. They're not Mahomes and Kelsey. Andy Reid's a <laughs> Hall of Fame head coach already. 
I mean, they're four and five, and they could easily be five and four if not for 13 seconds. Right. As much as people want to blame McDermott for that, saying should they or shouldn't they on the kickoff, all that stuff, no one thought that was going to happen. It was 13 seconds. It was incredible. Sometimes you tip your cap and say, we got got. Sometimes the un- the impossible happens. The impossible happened. I think McDermott is a great head coach. I think you and I are both in the same um, same boat that – Bean is a phenomenal GM, right? We're in the same boat there, at least. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I don't know what more they could do. As far as if you fire McDermott, you better have a damn good head coach taking his spot. Because I don't think there's one out there that you'd rather have on the open market than Sean McDermott. No, he's not Andy Reid. No, he's not Bill Belichick. But who is? At the start of the show, you said you're excited to see how I'm going to shoehorn Desmond Ritter into one of these topics. And don't worry, I'm sure I will do that by the end of the show. But also, I, I it took one question for you to shoe in the Kansas City Chiefs on a question that's not related to the Chiefs. It is related. Your, 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 so your answer was that Sean McDermott's actually not a bad head coach because the Chiefs are just so dominant that you shouldn't really expect. The Chiefs are so good, no. you shouldn't expect the Bills to beat them in the playoffs anyway. So it's not his fault. This is the point, but you know they're underdogs. You know that they're not they're not favorites in those games. You understand that, yes, he is not Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. You understand that. The issue is, is he in that next tier down? And, again, the four and five playoff record. Yeah, I, I like this, this question. What coach could they hire that could beat Mahomes? What coach are you going to throw in there who's on the open market that you're saying, yeah, I want him over Sean McDermott? You don't Jim just Harbaugh fire from Michigan, him. maybe? What about Jim Harbaugh from Michigan? Oh, yeah, because he's done great. No, the the point is you don't just fire a guy for the sake of firing a guy. I love the extension for the Bills. I I hope some Bills fans understand what they have and that the playoff success, again, for them, they hope it comes. Like, I I think Brandon Bean and, and McDermott are a great tandem. If you have a team that is talented and skilled enough to win a Super Bowl and ahead of last year, they were the sizable Super Bowl favorites and even in a lot of those playoff losses to the Chiefs. Yeah, they might not have been favorites, but they are underdogs by a point or two and you continue to get to that spot and continue to lose. Something has to change because it has a team that sure they might not be quite on the Chiefs level, but they're if if they're not, they're in a millimeter below them. They're right there, but they can't get over the hump. And if you can't get over the hump, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. you got to change something up. What are you going to do? You're not going to get a different quarterback. But you're not going to change the head coach that's taking you there, too. The, the, the thing is, Josh Allen was injured last year. I love how people gloss over this. I love how people just throw out the window that Josh Allen was extremely hurt last year on his throwing arm. That his usage rate was like he was Russell Westbrook when he was the only guy left in OKC. Like, he needed some help. He did too much on his own. He got injured. And it, it, there's a direct correlation of when the injury happened and the play of that team going downhill. Now he's healthy. If you want to say this year is make or break, okay. But again, you don't just can a guy who has done this much in the regular season who has gone toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and the Bengals in the AFC. I I don't know who else. Again, you're not giving me any names. You you said Harbaugh from from Michigan. Yeah, okay. Well, to be fair, I'm not saying they should fire him now. My point, my initial point was I was surprised they extended them all the way through to 2027. That seems like a long ways away. What if what if we're two seasons into this and once again they have good regular seasons and get and get bounced in the playoffs? Then maybe someone like, oh, I don't know, Mike Tomlin is available because he the Steelers run him out of town. Maybe, you know, there's a ton of other coaches that could be available in a couple of years. I'm not saying they should fire him right now. My original point was it just seems the in my opinion, they got ahead of themselves a little bit, extending him all the way to 2027. I don't know if he's done enough to deserve that long of an extension. I will say Brandon Bean earned Executive of the Year honors from Sporting News, Pro Football Writers Association of America, and PFF in 2020. First Bills exec to win such an honor since 1991. The Bills have won at least 10 games and reached the playoffs each season since 2019. Only one of two teams. Chiefs being the other to boast such success. Um, he's been a finalist for NFL's Coach of the Year award three times. 
again, I, I think you and I are in the same boat that we think Brandon Bean is a phenomenal exec. Correct. We're, we're yes. if he if he gets the extension through twenty twenty seven, there's no qualms. Correct. You're you're in the same boat there. That that makes sense. Yes. So then the disconnect between you and me is Sean McDermott, and you yes. think he's a good head coach, but maybe it's a little premature. And I think he's a great head coach, not the Hall of Fame level head coach that uh, Belichick, Reed, and if you want to throw in Tomlin, I'll, I'll at least entertain it. Maybe he's not there, but I think he's in the next tier down. There's a thing to disconnect is I, I, I value McDermott a little higher than you do. And that's what it comes down to. Yes. Now, if McDermott goes out and they win the AFC or win the Super Bowl next year, then he's great. But it's just they've had the team to do it now, what, three years in a row and they have nothing to show for it. They don't even have a Super Bowl appearance. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have Arthur Blank or Sean McDermott? Come on now, Falcon. Well, I mean, completely different situations. Probably Sean McDermott right now. But our, well, this is a this is a big. I mean, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But this is a big year for Arthur Blank. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, let's get into it now then. Which coaches are on the hot seat in 2023? Give me one. Oh, by the way, it's Arthur Smith is the coach. Arthur Blank is, is Sorry. my mistake. Yeah, Arthur we, Smith. That, that's the, the, two, the two Arthurs, we, we, we got flipped. They teamed up. Yes. Um, let's, I mean, we're talking about him. Let's just talk about him right now. Arthur Smith, I think, maybe not a hot seat, but this is a big year for, and this is me shoehorning in the Falcons uh, for the first time so far on the show, but I think this is a big year for him because when he took over as the head coach, the Falcons were in cap hell, their team stunk, there was no expectations the first couple of years, but now they got out of that cap hell. This, even for even when he first got hired, they looked at this season, the 2023 season, as being the first season that they should expect to contend. So we need an improvement from the Falcons this year. Uh, we didn't really see it last year, but now he's decided to go with Desmond Ritter, uh, drafted Bijan Robinson, picked up a ton of guys on defense. Uh, we got Kyle Pitts. We got Drake London. Now is the year to take a step forward. Now, if they don't improve this year, I don't know if he'll necessarily be fired that quickly, considering really in some sense this is his first year with expectations. But if, they, if they're if they bad, if they're like last place in the NFC South, he might. Uh, if they take a step backwards, then uh, he might get fired. So in a sense, Arthur Smith is in a little bit of a hot seat this year. It's a wide open division this year. Um, wide open conference, even if you will. Yep. Uh, he, again, they're not a great team, but when no team is great, you hope your coach is a difference maker. That's what it comes down to. I'm with you. I don't know if it gets canned unless it's a disastrous season. But again, this is the first year with expectations. I'm very excited to see what he does. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Ron Rivera. Uh, first guy on the list is Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera for the uh, Washington Commanders has a lot, a lot of pressure. They brought in Eric Bieniemy as the OC. I think there's some that probably think when he was brought in, he could be the, the, the next in line, if you will. Ton of success as the OC with Kansas City, but he was not going to obviously take over for Andy Reid. He couldn't get a head coaching job going directly from OC to head coach. A little bit of a surprise considering, you know, Matt Nagy did it. Doug Peterson did it. Both guys actually who had success early on. Peterson with a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy won coach of the year, which people always forget about. So, but BNB didn't get the opportunity. So BNB is now the OC for Washington. Rivera had some rumblings last year, turned it around with a couple of those riverboat gambling Ron moments that you're like, okay, that kept his job. But I wouldn't be shocked if halfway through the year he gets canned and BNB took over. 
Yeah, I think he might be, if you were to list and rank the coaches who are on the hot seat, he might be number one. I haven't seen any betting odds out there. Usually some sports books release odds for who will be the first coach fired this season. I'd be surprised if it's not Ron Rivera would be number one. Uh, maybe another name that we're going to talk about. But yeah, I, yeah, I was surprised he didn't get fired after this past season, to be honest. Uh, I'm very surprised. I'm going to look at their schedule really quickly to see what it looks like because their uh, division is the only good division in the NFC, right? You have the Eagles, the Cowboys, and then the Giants, who I think took a big step forward. Uh, they do start off relatively easy with Cardinals and Broncos. If you can go 2-0 and there, maybe he saves his job for a while, but then it gets tough. Bills, Eagles, Bears aren't good, Falcons aren't good, sorry. At the Giants, Eagles again, at the Patriots, Seahawks. I mean, there's a streak in there where if you start off, let's just say 2-6, and six, which is definitely in the realm of possibility. If they start off two and six, I don't see him sticking around. No, that could be it. it, it, it is there bye week after that? When's their bye week? Oh, I, I deleted it now. I got out of it. First rule of uh, of doing this is don't delete any tab you have open. And I, I broke the first rule, so I apologize. If their bye weeks right after that or pretty close to after that, then that, that could be when it gets done. All right, who else do you have? Um, another name that I brought up earlier uh, and one that I don't necessarily agree with, but I think if the Steelers don't make the playoffs this year, I think Mike Tomlin might be gone. And it might not be necessarily one of those firings where it's like, oh, you're not good at coaching anymore. It might just be one of those firings where it's like, we both kind of need a change. I think we should maybe mutually part ways. I don't know when his contract is up. That might be interesting to take a look at. I think Mike Tomlin's a top three, top four coach in the NFL. But he hasn't had great teams, and even the one, even the ones that have made the playoffs, he's kind of dragged them to the playoffs. They've just snuck in, and then they get, you know, their butts kicked in the first round. Uh, so Mike Tomlin might be in that situation if the Steelers don't make the playoffs this year. It'd be it'd be interesting. Once again, I wouldn't, I don't agree with it because I think he's too good. I think you just hang on to those coaches and hope that the roster can uh, figure itself out. But uh, Mike Tomlin is kind of a sneaky name that could be on a hot seat this year. Yeah, he, his final contract is, or final year is 2024 is what it looks like on my end. Okay, so uh, maybe, maybe. So this year and next year. But again, it's not a thing. The, Teams get out of longer contracts than one year. But I almost wonder if Mike Tomlin, as you mentioned, is more like, all right, I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. I, 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 if Kenny Pickett isn't the guy, if Kenny Pickett in that offense, if there's still no improvement there, he, he has to be at some point, I'm wasting my talent here. Right. I am dragging these, these bum teams, the corpse of Big Ben to the playoffs, and this is what you're, you're giving me. This is this is what you're giving me to work with. At some point, Tomlin, as, as you mentioned, he's a top five head coach in the NFL. I would agree with that right now. I would say easy top five head coach in the NFL. He might want to leave. And if the Steelers want to try and get a younger head coach in there, I mean, Tomlin's only 51 so in the grand scheme of things. That's still relatively young for a head coach, right? Especially with the, how much success he has had. But they might want to even go younger. And if that's the case, they might just try and pair it some young uh, QB guru with Kenny Pickett. They might try and go that route. We'll see. But I would be surprised if the Steelers were out on Tomlin and it wasn't the opposite way where Tomlin says, I want out of you. That's a great point. It could certainly be a uh, more the Steelers are on the hot seat for Mike Tomlin more than the other way around. So, yeah, it's a great point. I'm going to go with two dudes in the AFC West, Brandon Staley and Josh McDaniels. Uh, starting with Josh McDaniels, in his second year with the Raiders, but he's also in his second stint as a head coach. Uh, that first stint with the Broncos started off great, right? Then it turned into an absolute and utter disaster. Uh, looks like he's not learned anything from his previous head coaching experience. Josh McDaniels is hes a bum, dude. I mean, I, I don't get it. He, he thinks he's the greatest thing ever, and they don't win. They don't have a good team this year. He's not a QB guru like he likes to make himself out to be. I think Josh McDaniels is clearly on the hot seat with the Las Vegas Raiders. And then Brandon Staley. I tried backing this dude so hard. I like Staley. I like his aggressive nature. But at times, it's nonsensical. At times, Brandon Staley is so aggressive, it doesn't make any sense. If Staley would dial that back just a little bit, and part of it, I think, is Joe Lombardi was a horrible OC for Justin Herbert. They treated him like Matt Schaub. It made no sense. Like you have Justin Herbert and you're treating him like he's 
uh, Jordan Love. Like let, let him go out and throw let him go out and throw the rock. So maybe with a new, a new OC, this offense will explode, and you'll see uh, Brandon Staley aggressive nature pay off even more. But I think Staley has to be on the hot seat because that team is very talented. They're always the offseason darlings, and they always come up short. So Staley, he's probably my number two guy on the hot seat. Yeah, I could see Staley being a guy who doesn't work out in Los Angeles, and then he goes somewhere else and ends up being a better head coach. Um I, I like the Josh McDaniels one quite a bit. I, I was while you were talking, I was trying to find to see if any sports books had odds for who which who the first coach to be fired would be. I couldn't find any, but if it's not Ron Rivera, I think it's Josh McDaniels. I'd be the betting favorite for that to happen to. The red flag against Josh McDaniels that I think actually works in Ron Rivera's favor is that I think players like Ron Rivera. I don't think players like Josh McDaniels, at least from Correct. all reports. Yeah. Um, what was the thing is this offseason he leaked that Darren Waller was like getting married or something. And then like Darren Waller got mad. And then a week later they traded Darren Waller away. Um, so, and then you're hearing Darren Waller talk about how he loves the giants and how he actually feels like he has a say. It's a very incriminating comment coming out from Waller and even former Raider players basically saying they felt like they had no say and now they go elsewhere. They're like, Oh, this is how an organization and a head coach, this is how a, uh, it's supposed to be running the NFL. Yeah, that's damning on the Raiders. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I like uh, the. I think Josh McDaniels might be number one, if not as Ron Rivera, but I think maybe Josh McDaniels number one just because the players clearly don't seem to like him. Uh, last name I'll throw out here is Todd Bowles, even though he's uh, only one year into being the head coach of the Buccaneers. I think I just think Todd Bowles is just meant to be a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't had success as a head coach. You know, the Buccaneers went from being a Super Bowl winning team and then a Super Bowl contender to last year when he took over as head coach being not a good team. Uh, They still made the playoffs, but they were never really an actual Super Bowl contender. Now, how much of that was Tom Brady finally getting old and having age catch up to him? And how much was that of that was Todd Bowles taking over as head coach? I don't really know. I think it'd have to be in the walls of that organization to really know that one way or the other. But it's not good that Tom Brady's, you know, what looked like was a basically an MVP caliber player all the way up until Todd Bowles' first year as a head coach. So now with Tom Brady gone, Todd Bowles doesn't have a great team in front of him, but I think he has to kind of make some magic here or else the Buccaneers might just wipe the slate and just start over fresh. So uh, I'll say Todd Bowles. I, I get what you're saying, but part of me also thinks that he's going to have a longer leash because they understand they're in full rebuild mode. That team is 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 buns, dude. That team is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. They have some pieces. Don't get me wrong. They get a couple linebackers. They got a couple wide receivers. They have Tristan Wirfs at left tackle now. But man, that that team overall is not good at all. I get it. If they want to start fresh next year, draft a QB, go all in, get a new head coach. I'm not going to disagree. But I'd be shocked if they fired Bowles in the middle of the season. I don't think Bowles is gone this year. Maybe scapegoat for next year, but I think he makes it through this year. A couple guys in the chat that Chris Albright brings up. Mike Vrabel for Tennessee. I can't get there with Vrabel. Uh, Vrabel's done so much with so little. That team has been starved of talent, and yet they go to the playoffs. They're the one seed in the AFC at one point with Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. I, I, I can't get there with Vrabel, but I understand your thought of they were a good team who's on the downslope. But part of that is, is my opinion of Mike Vrabel just being a damn good head coach, making an average team into a really good team. He just needs some talent. But the other name you bring up is Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Now, that's a good one. Kevin Stefanski got up to a hot start in Cleveland, was beloved, but they traded for Deshaun Watson. They brought him in, right? Now, most of this has been Watson. He was bad last year, and that's putting it mildly. If he does not bounce back, I think his success is going to be tied directly to Stefanski as far as what happens. If the Browns go, let's say, 10-7, and seven, Stefanski keeps his job. They go 8-9. and nine, I think he's out. Yeah, I think it's playoffs or bust. Uh, that, that's a great name, Chris. Thanks for bringing that one up because that was not one either of us had on our list. And that you know that's a guy that you can make the argument is at the top of the list. I think it's playoffs or bust for Stefanski this year. Yeah, final name I had was Mike McCarthy. As always, Mike McCarthy. Of course. Again, I don't think he should be in the hot seat necessarily. I think Jerry Jones is a little diluted down there. I don't think that that team is outstanding. I think they got some good pieces. End of the day, those contracts that Jerry Jones gave out to Ezekiel Elliott, to Dak Prescott, those 
are handicapping the team more than any head coach you're going to get out there. Yeah, the, the clapper, Jason Garrett's out. But Mike McCarthy, I think, has always been a slightly underrated head coach. Mm-hmm. I don't always understand the hate that that dude gets, but maybe that's because I'm higher than most on him. So I think McCarthy, in the grand scheme of things, is on the hot seat, even though I don't think he should be. Yeah, I disagree. I, I don't think McCarthy is a good coach whatsoever. So we're on opposite ends of that one. But I think the issue with the Cowboys is that I think they'll never, as long as Jerry Jones is in charge, they're, they're never going to hire a head coach because he just wants to hire yes men. Yep. And you won't find a good coach. That's a yes man. That's just kind of the way it works. So I don't think McCarthy is a good coach. I think the game has passed him by a little bit, but Jerry Jones might just continue to hold on to him because he's a yes man. And even if he doesn't, he's going to just hire another guy like that. Let's get into top three breakout candidates for 2023. Give me your first one. All right. The first one, um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs player. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. And I think this is, I think you could slot a, a couple different players here because I think a big question heading into the season for the Chiefs is will there be a receiver that's going to establish himself as the number one guy for Pat Mahomes? I put in Sky Moore. <laughs> I was high on him last year. And I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Once again, you're the Chiefs guy. I I could be wrong here, but he seems to me like a guy who has all the athletic and the talent and the uh, talent in the world, but a little bit of a, a, a raw product, a guy who needed some work to really figure out how to play in an NFL offense to figure out the scheme and, and to improve after a year or two. So now he has a year under his belt. He's extremely athletic. I hope and think now, especially with kind of uh, the wide receiver room, and that building being wide open, that Sky Moore can kind of establish himself and maybe have a breakout candidate. Now, I don't think he's going to become a bona fide number one guy, but at least take a significant step forward this year compared to last year. What are your thoughts on Sky Moore? Am I way off here? Ian, I want to shake your hand. I want <laughs> to buy, buy you a beer. Because, yes, I am all in on Sky Moore. Now, all I think Kadarius right. Tony, when healthy, might be the wide receiver one. But right. Sky Moore is going to be the consistent. I am all in on Sky Moore. He went to Western Michigan. He talked about that as a huge difference. He was known as a good route runner, the ability to get open. He is athletic, yes. He's not the biggest guy, but he has Johnny Benchian-sized hands. I've had a chance to actually shake his hand before, talk to him. Those mitts are massive. He struggled as a special teamer last year, and that's where a lot of the hate came for him. But when he was actually on the field as a wide receiver, he came up and made some big plays. The PFF numbers actually had him ranked higher than George Pickens. The opportunity just was not there for Sky Moore. This year, he has the opportunity. He is going to be a beast in the intermediate route. I don't think he's going to go for 1,000 yards. I'm with you. He's not a traditional wide receiver one. But that step forward this year is going to be noticeable. I think he ends the year for Kansas City as the wide receiver. Not Travis Kelsey. Wide receiver. We're not talking tight ends. Wide receiver with the most receptions for Kansas City. More than Kadarius, more than MVS, more than Rasheed Rice, more than Richie James, more than whoever else you want to put at wide receiver. It's going to be Sky Moore. That's my prediction as well. So, Ian, I am so glad we agree. Beautiful. I love it. Finally, we can agree on something. I'm glad I'm on the right page about this guy. Hopefully, we're right. I like him. Well, I didn't want to do Sky Moore because I didn't want you to call me a homer. So, I went with Jalen Phillips for the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think a lot of people know Phillips, the outside linebacker, edge rusher, because depending on what you look at, pro football reference has him at 15 and a half sacks through two seasons. PFF has him at 19 sacks through two seasons. Don't know where the disconnect is coming from there as far as the half sacks. But Phillips is an absolute beast for Miami. So this guy's going to become a household name in 2023. You look at some of the PFF numbers of, of just what he does, He is absolutely elite. His defensive ranking was 87.7 and getting after the uh, the quarterback was 89.8. That is absolutely elite. In Miami's defense, he's going to be used to get uh, after the quarterback almost exclusively. His sack numbers, if they were in the 15, 16, 17 range this year, I would not be surprised. Keep an eye out for Jalen Phillips of Miami. I'm going 15 and a half sacks. Rip me the over. Rip the over, baby. I love it. That would be huge for Miami as a team and their chances to kind of go on a little bit of a run here this season, at least be a little bit of a contender. So I like it. I don't have any defensive players on my list. Maybe I should add the one. I guess mine's a little bit offensive biased. 
Um, and the second one is Falcons biased. Uh, you predicted it. Yes, of course. I'm going to shoehorn Desmond Ritter uh, into this episode. I always have to after bring him up at least once. So here we go. Desmond Ritter, breakout candidate number two for me. What else can I say that I haven't already said on this show? He had four starts last season and he improved in every start. My thing that I love about him the most, zero interceptions. Did not turn the ball over in four starts last season. Uh, his QBR improved uh, improved each of the uh, each of the four games. His QB rating improved each of the four games from 59.3, 85.2, 90.1, all the way up to 108.2 in his last start. I don't think he's going to be asked to do a, a ton this season, which I think is going to help uh, help him out quite a bit. Obviously, they're they're going to run the ball more than they're going to throw the ball. I like Desmond Ritter. I think he's a game manager. I think if you're, it, it, I don't think he's going to go and be a Patrick Mahomes and he's going to throw for 350 yards every game. But he's going to be a game manager. He's going to make the the throws when he has to. He's going to be smart. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to be a leader. I'm very, I'm very excited for the end of the season or the halfway point of the season when I can say I told you so to you about Desmond Ritter. So give me Desmond Ritter, breakout candidate. So this is a guy that. I don't know if he breaks out, but I'm going to say yes, because I think the, the, the sky can be really high for him. And that's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is very aggressive. And that was part of the issue for him last year. Seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. PFF is actually really high on him. Um, This is one of the few times where I think PFF might be a little bit overblown on how high they on. I mean, they, they had his passing grade at 75.5 last year. Um, his run was 77.5. The issue I have with Kenny Pickett was he was too aggressive. But if you dial that back, typically you want guy like Desmond Ritter, I think you probably would agree. You wish he would have always been more aggressive at times last year. That's not an issue for Kenny Pickett. I, I think Mac Jones, for example, right? Like Mac Jones, you wish would be more aggressive at times. Kenny sure. Pickett doesn't have that issue. Kenny Pickett's going to throw the ball. If he reels back some of those errant throws sometimes, those 50-50 balls, I think Kenny Pickett has the tools to be a really good quarterback in the NFL because he's not afraid. And that is, I, I think, an underrated quality in a quarterback. So I, I'll go Kenny Pickett, but I'm not uh, – he's very much boomer bust potential for me. Yeah, I'm 50-50 on Kenny Pickett, to be honest. Uh, believe it or not, it's a player I don't have a strong opinion on. I could see him stumbling this year and getting benched by the end of the year. I could see him breaking out and end up being like a you know bona fide starter uh, in the NFL. I don't know. I, I agree with you. At times, he forces things. He makes mistakes. Then other, t- other times, he looks great. So, I mean, I am very interested in how Kenny Pickett is going to do. I did not pick him for a breakout candidate, though. My last one is a running back. And this one is a big name that I'm seeing a lot, especially in the fantasy football world, a guy that people uh, are saying you should target. That's Ramondre Stevenson. Had a great year last year for the Patriots. Got over 1,000 rushing yards, five yards a carry. He's also a great catcher of the ball out of the backfield. 69 receptions last year. Nice. I don't think he got the credit he deserved for having as good of a year that he had last year. Now, my one issue I would have with him, though, is that, I mean, when was the last time that there's been one main running back in new england they always do running back by committee sometimes they'll have you know go with this guy for one game the next guy the next game another guy and then some guy will score four touchdowns and then get benched by belichick belichick for the rest of the season so they had a, what a quarterback or like a like a who was it last year had like a a cornerback had a wide receiver screen or rb screen for a touchdown last year like what <laughs> Right, so especially from a fantasy perspective, I find especially Patriots running backs hard to trust. But I mean, he he got the work last year. Like I said, you know, thousand rushing yards, uh, sixty nine catches for four hundred and twenty one receiving yards. So um, if the Patriots are going to have their one uh, the, for the first time in my memory, have one go to running back, it could be Ramondre Stevenson this year. Uh, I actually am going to agree with Jalen Butler in the chat right here on the final guy for me who's going to break out, and that is Justin Fields. Yeah. I've been very hard on Justin Fields. I don't like Ohio State quarterbacks, but if there's ever a year, a time for this guy to break out is this year. This is a good offense. Not great, but good. They got DJ Moore now. Darnell Mooney should be healthy. Chase Claypool, you have three legitimate, solid wide receivers. Uh, Cole Komet, I think, is a good tight end. And not only that, you brought in Robert Tunyon. So now you have a great red zone threat. Their offensive line has improved over the past few seasons. 
Braxton Jones is one of the most underrated up-and-coming left tackles in football. Braxton Jones for the Bears is going to give Justin Fields some time. They also drafted one of my favorite right tackles. I was hoping he was going to fall to about 20 so the Chiefs could trade up. Didn't happen. Bears took him at 10. That is Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee. Man, I will tell you what. I do think this Bears team is not – they're not great. They're not going to get the playoffs. But I think Justin Fields is going to take a huge step forward this year. He better because if not – that dude shows you he's not the guy. Because if you can't put up numbers in this offense with this much improvement, that is on you. Yeah, this is this is truly a, a make it or break it season for Justin Fields. I'm not high on Justin Fields. I don't like his throwing numbers, even with the complete lack of help. 60.4% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns with 11 interceptions last season. The passing numbers just aren't there for me. But like you said, he had no help. So now, now is the time to do it. Offensive line improved. Now is the time to do it. I, I don't think he's going to, to be honest. I think the Bears are just cursed to never have a good quarterback, just like the Falcons are cursed to never have a good pass rusher. I don't think he's going to do it, but he could. But I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not sold on Justin Fields. I'm out. I'm not sold, but I think the rest of that team offensively is improved enough to where you can at least see what he is. This yep. is a huge step as far as the Bears organization because this is the first year they can actually say, is he or is he not the guy? That's actually a, the most maybe underrated part of an organizational development of a quarterback. Is he or is he not the guy? Bears finally have him in the right spot to tell. That, that's, that's, um, that's a huge positive. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into which fan base is most deserving of winning a Super Bowl? Yeah, I saw this article. Uh, I think it was up on NFL.com. Um, so I, I wanted to bring this up for the show because it is a little bit of a fascinating topic, especially now that we're in the dog days of summer. You took the team I was going to say, which I think is the obvious team. I'll go a different direction. I'm going to say the New York Jets, and it's a team that I've already bet on uh, to win the Super Bowl this year. Now, I will say a little bit of, of a caveat, though, with the Jets is that there are Jets fans that are also Yankees fans. And if you're a Yankees fan, you don't deserve the Jets to win if I guess the Knicks and Nets both kind of stink. But if you're if you're a Jets fan, but also a Yankees fan, you do not deserve to win a Super Bowl. I'm looking at the Jets fans who are Jets, Mets, and Nets fans. The, that group of non-blue blood fans in New York deserve a championship. Uh, so I'll say the Jets. They're always the little brother of the Giants. Um, they've gone on some runs a couple of years, I guess. I would like to see the Jets win one, to be honest. They need Mark Sanchez and uh, Rex Ryan back. That's the issue. That's right. That's the issue. Um, that's fine. I, I, I would be happy for Jets fans. Just so they can go with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, I'd be happy for them. Lions, though, man. Yeah, it's it, got to it, be the Lions. It, it's it's got to be the Lions. They have been starved and starved and starved again. If they were a legitimate Lion, they would not be alive right now because they are so starved. They didn't win a game. They had two of the better players in the NFL and Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford, and they were still horrendous. They have been perpetually trying to find a head coach. And now they have a head coach that embodies the city. That dude is out there. He wants to win. He is going to be aggressive. He's going to do push-ups. When his other when his team or when his players are doing push-ups to try and prove a point, uh, he will bite the kneecaps off his opponents. I am all in on this Lions team. That fan base deserves some wins. And I will say, when when looking at a fan base that deserves wins, I think you have to look past just the uh, NFL too. I think you got to look at other teams that that city has. And Detroit, not good. Uh, Tigers haven't won a World Series since ever. No. No, they, no, they won a World Series. No, it's been a while. They had 1960, no, 1984 is the last time they won a World Series. They've lost two World Series, 2006 uh, and 2012. Yeah, they, it was 2012. Yeah. And yeah. 06, was that to the Red Sox? The, they lost, no, they lost to the Cardinals in 06, lost to the Giants in 2012. No, the Red Sox in the uh, AL. Was that the year that, the, that they went off? Am I wrong? No, I'm an idiot. What am they, I talking about? They lost to the Red Sox in the ALCS in 2013. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yes. So, yeah, that was another good team. But regardless, they haven't won a championship. When did the Pistons won one in the early 2000s, didn't they? That was 04. And then the NBA said, hey, this can't happen with defense. We're going to switch the rules and take the hand check rule out. So Detroit won in 04. And they said, you know what? No more. 
we can't have Tayshawn Prince and Rip Hamilton and Ben and Rasheed Wallace and Chauncey Billups win anymore. I will say if there's any Detroit uh, Lions fans who are also hockey fans, that's kind of where the argument gets a little bit weaker because the Red Wings were a dynasty for a long time. So, um, but outside of that, I mean, their, 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 their NFL fan base has been tortured. The other team that I kind of wanted to bring up was the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but now that they have Deshaun Watson, I don't think that organization as a whole deserves a championship after, after uh, how all that stuff went down. Also, they had a Cleveland Cavaliers championship of, like six years ago. So, they can just enjoy that. I think the Lions are probably the right answer. All right. DeAndre Hopkins, Zeke, and Cal or Dalvin Cook are still free agents. Which one of these guys gets signed first? I think Dalvin Cook. I think there's a lot of whispers going on around Dalvin Cook. I know the latest rumor was the Jets. Uh, if you look at the betting odds, I saw a website. The Dolphins are like a minus 300 favorite to sign Dalvin. There just seems to be more conversation and teams that want him than the other guys. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, thought his market was going to be a lot better than what it seems to be. And I haven't heard Ezekiel Elliott's name come up since he got released by the cow. I don't like, he might not be on a team next year. Zeke is looking more and more like Todd Gurley. Yeah. I I think Zeke ends up on a team just as a red zone guy, goal line, specific running back. I could see him still ending up with like eight touchdowns, but only like 300 yards. Like, that would not shock me at all. Zeke, I will admit this, still really good at finding the end zone. Those third and ones and fourth and ones, I think Zeke still has some value. Dalvin Cook is intriguing to me because it feels like he still wants to get a a bleep ton of money. And that market is not there for running backs, especially a guy who – got to give credit to guys who are able to get – that many yards while being relatively inefficient, right? There's still something there to being able to to play that many games for all the knock against Dalvin Cook for being unable to stay completely healthy. He fights through a lot, and he misses, what, one game last year was what I think it was. I give some credit to that. I think Dalvin Cook does have a market, just don't think it's what he thinks it is. DeAndre Hopkins is interesting. Hopkins' market should be higher than, than OBJ. Hopkins' market should be higher than Alvin, uh, Alan Lazard and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. DeAndre Hopkins was good last year. Yeah, he missed six games, but he was still a good player. I just don't know what he wants. He says he wants to win a championship, but he also says he wants to get a lot of money. Which one is it? If you, want to, if you want a lot of money, you go, to, you go to Tennessee. If you want to be a wide receiver one, you go to Tennessee or, or New England. You want to win, you go to Buffalo, Kansas City, or Buffalo or Kansas City. In the in the because uh, he's not going to go to to the Bengals. I, I don't know what DeAndre Hopkins truthfully wants at this point. I, I don't know if he knows what he wants at this point. Right. I mean, who doesn't want a lot of money also to yeah. be on a team that's going to win a Super Bowl? Like, <laughs> but the issue is, especially someone like DeAndre Hopkins, the top contenders aren't going to pay you that much. So you got to choose one or the other. Yeah. I, I I think the issue with DeAndre Hopkins is I think he got kind of the market was already settled by the time he got released and started looking for a team because like if he was available at the start of the offseason like obj was or some of these other guys and i bet you it would, would have been a lot better chance of him signing somewhere but once the ravens got obj and uh the jets got their guys kind of everyone was kind of settled with a roster and now here comes another guy who you know is on the backside of his career at least a little bit that's asking for a ton of money and these teams are looking at him like listen like we kind of have our roster set at this point like we don't have a ton of money to give you so He'll sign with someone. It's probably not going to be for as much money as what he wants, but he'll sign somewhere. Yeah. This is still pretty fascinating to watch, especially if you play fantasy football, because because his market in the real world is not going to be representative of where he's drafted ADP in fantasy football. I guarantee he's drafted ahead of a lot of dudes who he's getting paid less than. That's going to be pretty fun to watch. Uh, all right. Eagles and Devon Allen, they run or he runs a 13.04 second and a 110 meter hurdles tied for fourth fastest in the world this year. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I don't really have anything else to say to that. I wanted to add into it just to give him a shout out. That's a very fast. I used to run hurdles in high school. Um, very impressive. Did you do the run, stop, and then do the two-legged over, and then run, stop, do the two-legged over? Oh, Nova Scotian provincial bronze medalist. How dare you? <laughs> that sounds so made up. The Nova Scotia what? Bronze medalist. Pro- okay. pro- 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 provincial word. bronze medalist. That's like states. Like We don't call our provinces states. They're provinces. So provincial bronze medalist. Well, it'd be like saying it'd be like a state bronze. That's impressive. 
People forget I was an athlete. We only did 100 meter hurdles for some reason, not 110. But yeah, that's, I mean, I didn't even know who this guy was. Was he, a, was he just like a special teamer for the Eagles last year? I'm looking it up. He is an American track and field athlete and also an Eagles wide receiver. He was in the practice squad last year. So he was in the practice squad, but apparently he almost needs to decide where he's going to going to mm. go. I uh, played for Oregon, which is not surprising. It just seems like those are the kind of guys that play for Oregon football. Yeah. D'Anthony Thomas obviously comes to mind. So makes a lot of sense, but man, that is fast as hell. What was your time? I don't remember. And like um, I said, it was a hundred meter hurdle. So it was, it wouldn't have been the same, but it, I mean, it wasn't even close to this. I mean, yeah, I got bronze medal in Nova Scotia, but it's not exactly Nova Scotia is known as a, the track and field powerhouse province. So uh, when I, I think, think there's... of Nova Scotia, <laughs> the first thing I think of is track and field. And the second thing is, is the hurdles. I also got bronze medal in pole vault, but in the entire province, I think there was 16 people competing in pole vault. So. Dude, I would have been an absolute stud athlete if I lived in Nova Scotia. This is BS. You think Kansas? Come on. I'm in Kansas right now. We, we still have some athletes over here. You put me in Nova Scotia, I'm in the 1%, baby. Nova Scotia has less than a million people. It's not 970,000, so it's, it's, not a huge, it's not a huge sample size. You know what, though, Ian? I'm so proud of you, man. That's still better than I would have done. Uh, finally, the Lions unveil a new alternate helmet for the 2023 season. What do you make of it? Have you seen it? I have seen it. Uh, I don't think we can bring up a picture here. I guess I should have prepared. Rich, Richard, uh, sorry, uh, Ian didn't prepare you. So um, but I'm going to blame I, Ian, not me. I actually love it. I wish, I actually think it is the best helmet in the NFL. I wish they could make that their full-time helmet. I think it's my favorite helmet ever. Why do people want it Want it black? I, I actually like the helmet. I guess because their jerseys are kind of gray and blue. I think the helmet color is great. I also think it does look a little bit like University of Kentucky. I, I, I will I will grant you that. There it is. Look, Richard, on the ball with us today. Love it. I love the color. That's a gorgeous blue. I don't like the silver either. The silver is just seeing it just feels yeah. old. I've gone back and forth. My initial reaction was that's pretty cool. And then my normal reaction I've gone into now is it looks very much like a college football helmet. Looks very college football to me. Not saying it's a bad thing, but it looks very college football. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I, I like it. I, I have a, I have a take about though about uniforms in general. Is that I hate how now all old uniforms people love. So like the old Buccaneers cream school uniforms were like the most hated uniforms in professional sport when the Buccaneers had them, and now people are like, oh, bring back the cream school uniforms. Those, th- those are awesome. No, they're not awesome. It's just nostalgia. Is all it is. They're objectively, uh, it's a gross color and gross uniforms. Can we agree? The Bumblebee Steelers ones are atrocious, but the New England Patriots, what, what's the name of the dude snapping? Uh, is it just Pat? Yeah, Pat the Patriot, I think, yeah. Pat the Patriot. Th- those are- the, the center snapping the football, the red, white, and blue ones, those are the best uniforms in the entire NFL history, without a doubt. I hate giving Patriots fans and the Patriots organization a ton of credit. They destroyed my Kansas City Chiefs for so long. But those jerseys are unreal. So cool. Whenever I see those jerseys, I just think of the Patriots game. Was it the Titans? They beat them like 52 to nothing or something that one year in like a snowstorm. And Tom Brady was had the long hair at the back of the helmet. And those were the uniforms there. Whenever I see those uniforms, I think of that game. Yeah, Wes Welker so. did the snow angel in the end zone. Yeah, those jerseys are just so cool. And, and by the way, you love to see the center giving lo- getting some love. When does the center get love? It's always the, the quarterback, wide receiver. They're giving the offensive lineman some love. So for that, you got to go with Patriot Pat. Great point. All right, I guess that's it. We're not going to talk any more jerseys. Are you any NBA jerseys you want to talk about? Any hot takes from the Orlando Magic in that era? Um, the Houston Rockets. The hey Toronto Raptors. They had uh, some pretty cool jerseys back in the day. Uh, I don't have an, any NBA takes. I'll say I think what might be the best jerseys in the NHL now are actually the Seattle Kraken, the brand mm. new. They It's hard for an expansion team to nail their jerseys. A lot of expansion teams in North American sports, I don't like their uniforms and color schemes. I'd hate the Golden Knights. The Kraken nailed their color scheme and their jerseys. They might have the best jerseys in the NHL immediately. Mm. Ian says crack on Kraken. And before we get out of here, if you guys want to do us a huge solid for folks listening, go to DraftKings. And if you are a new customer, 
If you bet $5 on any sport, you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Use promo code STB. That's STB at DraftKings. This, av- this offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. You want to win some money, go to DraftKings. Use promo code STB. Five bucks to win 150 bucks. Bonus bets back. Instantly win or lose. Ian, I will say, I know you're the betting guy. I was on a heater. I won 10 out of 11 bets. I was on a, I was on a, on a heater right there. I learned myself... I learned a lesson. Don't bet on like 12 games. Bet on a game or two you firmly have some belief in. You'll win way more. Sure. What sport was it? it, it baseball. Mm. That London game was, was money, baby. Love it. Well, Ian, this was a lot of fun. If you want to follow him on Twitter, on Twitter I highly recommend it because you can get some great betting advice. That's I-A-I-N-M-A-C-B-E-T-S. If you want to follow me on Twitter, don't take my betting advice because I already had my heater. I'm off my <laughs> heater. No longer follow me for betting advice. That is at Homestretch KC. Until next Tuesday, this was Stack in the Box. We are out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.